0: Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.
1: Inverse Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Chad and Nate.
0: Merry Monday out there to everyone, Chad and Nate, if you've been listening. Nate was filling in for Mike Evans, driving the show with Stink, doing a tremendous job, tip of the cap to my partner, showing his skill set, co-host, driver, man can do it all, writes books, uh, as I like to say, the whole shebang-a-bang. I got my man Kyle Reese filling in for Nate. Morning. Good morning, sir. I'm not Nate. No. No. Kyle yes. Reese. Yeah. filling in for Nate.
1: No doubt. Yes. This is how this works. Nate did a great job, though. It was, yeah. it was awesome. Great um, job.
0: How are you doing, my friend?
1: Life is really good, brother. Right on. Really good. It's going to uh, be a scorcher out. I'd rather be hot than cold any day of the week, so I'll take
0: it. Well, uh, I spent uh, part of last week in Arizona. Oh, never mind. Uh, we got to, I uh, think one day was 114. <laughs> and, of course, that was the day I was... Uh, packing up the car and the, the U-Haul trailer to drive by, back out here. So, uh, yeah, let's just say when I got back inside, um, there was a puddle of sweats oh, underneath man. me. So we think it's hot out here, uh, but just, you know, have some perspective. It's Yeah, that Arizona heat is a scorcher. Packing up the
1: U-Haul, huh? This whole this this time off wasn't all vacation time, huh? No,
0: no. You know, what? I, my wife's been staying at our place in Arizona. It was time to get her back out here, her and the dog, so we always drive it's about eleven, 11-, 12-hour drive from Phoenix area to uh, back out here to Denver. So uh, she had been out there for almost nine months. So it was a lot of stuff to pack up and haul back out here. Um, but got it done, got her out here, got her all settled. Um, had a birthday along the way. Uh, the old man has become even older. Nice. Um, so,
1: yeah. Still feel know. good, though.
0: Um you know, some days.
1: We're going to speak it into existence. <laughs> some days, some days. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to make it work no matter what.
0: Yeah. Good, man. Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, 52 years old. Um, I stopped doing my birthday dunk at 50. Okay. Um, every year uh, after I retired, I would, on my birthday or right around my birthday, I'd go out in the yard and get a dunk on. Uh, I documented some of those on social media. But at 50, I thought, you know what? The, the chasing, uh, I won't call it glory, but uh, the sense that I could still do this versus the potential risk of a blown Achilles yeah. or a blown ACL, I think to be able to dunk at 50 is not something a lot of people can say. So to let that be my high note and ride off into the sunset and leave on that and not leave with some posting some video of me <laughs> rupturing my Achilles. That was the best thing to do
1: for you got me. got a split screen of you dunking and then one of you in the hospital.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. So That's, I so that I blown Achilles at 52 is not the same at 28. No. It, no. There's nothing. Let's trust me. All you you young folks out there listening, uh as you get older, discretion becomes the better part of valor. There's a reason why that is a cliche and a phrase because as you get older, you realize, oh, you know, mountain biking in winter park is great. And when you fall at 30, you just get back on the bike up and, and go. right? Um, I fell on you a know, mountain bike at like 49 and was like, you know what? I got to sell this bike because <laughs> this is a hazard to my health. And, and I don't heal and recover as quickly as I once did.
1: Last time was the last time.
0: Last time, yes. And I am getting to that point in life where there are things that um, the last time I did them will literally be the last time I, I did them. I have long said I'm never putting a squat bar back on my back. Nothing. Yeah. I am not doing an Olympic lifts, not power cleaning not, anymore. No snatches, all that stuff. No, that's for them young kids, yeah. man. I'm an old man. <laughs> Downhill mountain biking winter park. Nope. I'll, I I could do it on a casual kind of down the mountain thing, but am I bombing down the mountain like I used to do? No way, never, man. So so okay. You still have the
1: desire though, right? You still the desire have the away. Right? right? Right. So how do you get your competitive kicks now? I mean, you you've retired mountain biking. You're not dunking anymore, like. You got to let it loose somehow. Uh,
0: I I think the thought of, you know, me letting it loose physically is enough. The thought is is always there because, yeah, there's an inner athlete. There's an inner competitor that never, ever goes away. But uh, I'd rather be able to do something and, and not be sore. I hear you. I'd rather be able to... You know, uh, heck, yeah, I walked a dog twice yesterday. There you go. Yeah, I, I got a couple of miles in on both of them. Um, so that was, you know, I, I got back in the house, and I wasn't sore. Hey, man, what Derek, no Rose, ice packs were needed. what Derek Rose
1: said 10 years ago, however long it was, I want to be able to play with my kids, Right? it means something to you right now. That means something to you right now.
0: Right. Now, of course, yeah. my kids are grown, but he, he, what he was talking about is is saving some for later life. If you yeah. leave it all on the field, which, you know, I, I, I thought I'd try to do with 15 years in NFL, um, yeah, there's a price to pay for that. So now I have to understand that discretion is the better part of Valor. Let me find some discretion in my physical activities where I can somehow, somehow get a little something from it, from the competitive side, from the competitive juice side, but also not put myself in a state where, you know, I can't get off the couch all weekend.
1: Hey, well, we remember how it used to go.
0: So
1: <laughs> I saw the games. I was a witness. I can testify. Right on. Yes,
0: sir. Right, right on. on. Um. <laughs> Now, you got any activities with your your teams, any passing league tournaments and all that stuff? It's been a long time since you and I have been on air together. Yeah, we've been
1: busy. Uh, We go three days a week Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, sometimes four, and we will continue to ramp up. And then uh, first week in August, uh, you get rolling, and then you play the last Friday in August, and you play 10 weeks, and hopefully you get in the playoffs and make some noise. So, yeah, we've been been going since uh, first Tuesday in June. So we're okay. rocking and rolling. It's fun, man. It's uh it's challenging. There's always you know this, there's always a new crew, mm-hmm. right? There's always new personalities, there's always the unproven. You don't know how this particular player is gonna perform. You wanna see if your leaders that are gone can be replaced. Um, you know, it's just it's just chemistry and 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 learning how to put the pieces of the puzzle together.
0: Uh how long have you been coaching? Fourteen years. Okay. Um there is a common uh you know phrase said by coaches of Of all sectors, pop Warner coaches, high school coaches, college coaches, NFL coaches. Man, these kids ain't the same as they used to be. (laughs) You know, whenever you get old coaches together, they all they all say that same phrase. Right. Um, So, as a guy who's been doing this now for 14 years, now obviously you have grown in 14 years. and You become a much better coach over those 14 years. I hope so. But contrast the kids of the first couple years the kids of now, is that just a coaching thing that people say, or does that line up with the reality of your experience?
1: No, it's true. kids ain't the same. It is true. (laughs) It is true. Um, But partly because social media has become a factor. See, I started coaching in 2008, Mm -hmm. right? And Twitter wasn't a thing. Instagram wasn't a thing. All these other external factors, right? Um, So now that these things have been introduced and the profile of the player is now heightened, there's a lot more that goes along with it, so there's a lot more to be managed. Now you factor in the NIL name, image, and likeness from college. The the money has gotten a step closer to high school, and so all of those things. Are, kids are starting to talk about money now. Mm. What are you? What? Mm. Oh. So, no, yes, kids ain't the same. Okay, to answer your question. But I'm not one of those coaches that says the way we used to do it is the only way that it can be done. Right? I, I haven't. I'm not that prehistoric.
0: Okay. I, I when we come back, to well, into that. Well, well I, I wanted you know there's there's, there's two things here. Um, you said kids ain't the same. Are the kids the same? But the society and the structure mm-hmm. around the kids different. And you talked about kids talking about money and all this, you know, essentially branding stuff, being able to take advantage of that. Obviously, Russell Wilson just put out a. New hype video. So uh, I, I purposely dove down that lane to tie this together with this Russell Wilson thing uh, because Russell Wilson's actions are more than just about Russell Wilson. And these kids want to be like Russell Wilson. And uh, not that Russell has a responsibility to every high school football player in the country, um, but when you do the things that he's doing, um, I, I think that promotes a certain way of going about your business. So when we come back, we'll dive more into. Are kids different or is the structure and society around kids different? And this Russell Wilson hype video, um, what does that mean to kids? Obviously, we want to talk about what it means to the Broncos and Russell Wilson and all that. But what does it mean to these kids that you're coaching? We'll dive all into all that next. It's Chad and
1: Nate on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. First of all, football is the number one priority. That's why it never suffers. I think you do everything you can to spend the extra time, get your early leaf you weight, know, do all that stuff. And one of the things that I believe in is that you, know, you pour your whole self into it. No matter where my feet are, I'm gonna put my whole, you know, pour everything I have into it. So when I'm here and even I'm away from here and I, you know, and everything else, and the coaches and I, we're constantly talking, to players, we're constantly talking, and so that investment into players getting better and trying to help them and vice versa, um, it's it's a it's a key thing.
0: Russell Wilson talking about trying to find that balance and striking that balance um, between being over in Monaco, promoting F1 races, hanging out with the owners, sitting in the, the Queens box at Wimbledon and somehow being the quarterback, the franchise quarterback of a football team that has been desperate for a franchise quarterback. Um, how do you find that balance and all that? Before we went to the break, uh, I was uh, quizzing you and your coaching experience. By the way, Kyle Reese filling in for Nate Jackson. Nate today, great job on uh, the morning show with my, uh, with Mark uh, Mark Slareth. Sorry. To yeah. Mikes and marks and all that uh, on my brain here. Easy to do. Yeah. So uh, I was uh, asking you about the kids today. And uh, everyone says kids today aren't the same. Uh, coaching these kids. These kids are soft. These kids are this. These kids are that. Are the kids different, or are the, the society around the kids different?
1: Um, that's a good question, and I would—I'd have to go with society, right? Because the things that I laid out, just in terms of social media and the external factors that that can impact any organization—it doesn't have to just be a football team—that um, impacts all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Our attention span is lessened, um, our our desire to be seen is more all those things, and, and that's not exclusive to just teenagers, right? Now, is it more, are they more malleable? Maybe, right, mm-hmm. because of they're young and they're impressionable. So is it more dangerous for them, perhaps? So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a great question that you pose, and uh, I, I think all those things are, are true. Yeah, yeah, it, it affects society as well as the teenagers. teenager. So, um, but, yeah, it, it definitely, and the other thing about it is, it may not necessarily always be a bad thing, right? Because sometimes kids can market themselves and advocate for themselves and and contact coaches and and pursue opportunities that they otherwise wouldn't have had 15 or 20 years ago. So um, I don't want to continually harp on the negative things um, that the technology and the evolution of the sport uh, has brought upon us. But um, yeah, those are my thoughts.
0: Okay, um, you know, because the kids they're not out there being building social media platforms. No, that's the adults in the room. Yeah. The kids, as, as much as kids have, you know, wanted to get paid for, for college, for college sports, the kids didn't push NIL into uh, reality. It was the adults who did that. So when we talk about the kids, I think, you know, you're obviously turning a blind eye to the adults and their impact yeah. of what the adults have had in the room. And so, For the kids, to your high school kids, for example, the team that you coach, for them to talk about NIL possibilities, well, they they couldn't be talking about that if it was a kid-structured thing. The adults allowed this to happen. The adults brought the money into the conversation. The adults allowed the NIL to become the wild, wild west that it is. The kids didn't do any of that. So if you and I were kids, uh, you know, we're obviously from a different era. But if we were given NIL opportunities or the possibility that of as a 17-year-old high school senior with the potential to go into college, of course we, would be, talk, we would be talking about those yep. things. How to maximize my NIL dollars as I dream about that possibility as a 17-year-old high school senior. So I've always, you know, like I said, when I hang with coaches and everyone says how soft the kids are and this and that, I'm always like, I, I think kids are, kids are kids. Right. And if –
1: in their product or their environment.
0: Yes, I, I, you know, I've, I've long talked about my dogs on this show. I've cried when my older dog Charlie passed a couple months back. On air, yeah, those those days. yeah, yeah. But you know, dogs are dogs. The owners ultimately makes a difference. Are there outlying dogs? Dogs that can be great with bad owners and do- and good dogs that can be bad with bad owners. Of course, there are. But a majority of dogs are going to reflect the ownership, the 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 training that they've been given. And kids are the same way. They're going to reflect the society that they grow up in, the situations that they grow up in. So for these kids to, you know, oh, the kids, they are soft. No, society's a little softer. In some ways, that's good. Yeah, uh, Wearing helmets... When you ride a bike to prevent a potential childhood brain injury that affects you and your family for the rest of your life, is actually a good thing. It's not soft that you wear a helmet. That's actually a little to, smart to protect your brain. Right, right. So some of these things that we do now that maybe you didn't do as a kid, wearing seatbelts in cars, they're actually really smart things. And so that "soft" quote unquote is not always a, a, an, an accurate moniker uh, as as far as like a, a negative.
1: Did you did you grow up in the era where? Um, you couldn't go get water on your own you had to go you had water breaks the coach could only let you get water
0: yes and we had one drinking fountain
1: that's the most one. ridiculous thing ever
0: and now i did not my high school coach in california did not say you know water's for sissies and water will make you soft he wasn't that that kind of guy right. but we had one drinking fountain and we got two water breaks per practice and so Whatever it was, 30 kids, 35 boys slurping, you know, an ounce at a time out of a drinking fountain during a 95 degree day in California. That was just what we did. Really inefficient. Yes.
1: No doubt. Yeah. Now, you know. But now we had let the guys go get water whenever they need it.
0: Whenever you're thirsty. Because as an athlete, if you have a 1% dehydration, that's like a 10% less production as far as your athletic ability. We know the science behind this now. So are the kids soft because we give them water? I don't think so. But, it, but it's an yeah. interesting thing. All right, so okay. I, I dove into all that just to talk about some of this um, pushback that Russell Wilson is getting for some of his hype videos. And to be perfectly honest and frank, some of that pushback comes from me. Okay. So as much as I want to you know advocate for kids today and the society in general, and, and they're just a part of, part of society, uh, some of this Russell Wilson stuff doesn't fit within my football experience. Therefore, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable.
1: Now, okay, now when you say your football experience, is that a positional thing, right? Because we're talking about a quarterback versus linebacker, edge rusher.
0: How do you how do you define yourself? Uh, I was an all around badass defensive football weapon. You could play. So put that. You I, play five through nine, right? Uh, as far as techniques. I, uh, heck, I've, I've lined up at nose guard before, man. Okay,
1: all right. Well, I, well, touche on the badass part. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, yeah, it's a – I don't know. So is it a positional uh, just contrast where you say, man, I've never been we're, – we're not the face of the franchise and we don't get it? Or is it like, no, nah, this really ain't what's floating my boat as far as what Russell is putting out there right now?
0: Okay. So my high school team, we won 32 games in a row. Okay, um, We had uh, uh, six guys from my era, from my high school era, play in the NFL. We were really good. Had some standout players, but our coach hammered into our heads the team aspect. Most of those guys who I played high school football with, I also played Pop Warner football. So I played Pop Warner football with NFL players. And then we split up and went to our various high schools around the city. And those guys had their success at their other high schools in my city. But team was always emphasized. So I was lucky enough to be on teams early on that were all about the team. Even at CU, it was Darian Hagan, it was Eric Bieniemy, it was J.J. and it was Alfred Williams. But they were all part of the team. Um, but you know, fast forward to the NFL, and Cordell Stewart joins my Pittsburgh Steelers team, and it was the first time I heard this said. Coming up on Monday Night Football, Cordell Stewart and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I was sitting with Levan Kirkland, me and me, Levan went, "We're the number one defense in the NFL. Are you kidding me?" Right. It's the dude who comes in and plays some quarterback and plays some receiver who plays 12 snaps a game. That's how we're going to advertise Monday Night Football, not the number one Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And so it was that kind of stuff that kind of started this feeling that I have that still plays in my mind today about some of this Russell Wilson stuff. When you separate guys from the team, when you start to put guys above the team, it wasn't the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cordell Stewart. It was Cordell Stewart and and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And words matter. And words matter. How you form a sentence matters. And, you know, I wasn't upset. I wasn't jealous because I'm sure the text line is going to say, well, you were just jealous. I wasn't jealous of Cordell's hype and the whole slash thing that he got going and the Nike commercials and all that. There was no jealousy whatsoever. <laughs> you remember I just, all those things. <laughs> I, just, I just grew up in, a, in an era, and, and fortunately for me, my team experiences up until that point were all about Team. And when you start to separate yourself from the team, that somehow strikes a wrong chord in me, even though I recognize football is played by individuals coming together to be a part of a team.
1: But you recognize it has the ability to fracture a locker room.
0: Uh, that is where I want to go to next with this whole Russell Wilson thing. So uh, when we come back, more of this Russell Wilson talk, particularly about this hype video and the effects of separating people players individuals from the team and the potential ripple effect of that in the locker room you're listening to chad and nate on denver's sports station 104.3 the fan chad and nate kyle reese is filling in for nate jackson uh, Nate and I's love for hip-hop is well-known. You a hip-hop dude, Kyle?
1: Very much so. I'm wondering, was that song on because we're, like, from that era or because Chaz from Cali? Uh,
0: the you answer, know, yes. John behind the ones and twos, man. He's just, uh, you know, tapping into the, the feeling of things.
1: He wasn't wrong now. No. Yes. Very much so. John Davis and I talk about hip-hop all the time. We probably annoy the... Living daylights at all everybody, but yeah, we we go there. So, but very much so. That was my error, man.
0: Okay, good, yep. good. All right. So before the break, we were continuing to talk about this Russell Wilson stuff, and I was kind of pointing to the origins yeah. of my pushback on some of this. Um, you know, there there is a a fine line in a team sport of being a teammate and being an individual, um, and everybody needs to have certain individual things. And you know, we've seen. Receivers get fined over the years for socks too high, socks too low, my towel's too big. Uh, heck, uh, Chad Ocho Cinco is about to come on first take, and he's a, you know, he created a whole brand around himself. He had the Hall of Fame jacket on the sideline. He was burping the baby after he scored a touchdown. I mean, all that stuff. Guys have long been, tr- have long tried to be individuals within a team sport. Um,
1: now, do you believe Russell has crossed? It? that line because there's there was an error there with the Joe Horn and the TO and Chad Ochocinco and uh just the flamboyant play. Uh I think the NFL has kind of neutralized some of that. Um but this is we're talking about a franchise here. Is if has Russell crossed that line and if so is it up to the franchise and his leadership to bring him back to center?
0: Um no, I don't he 's now become a wide receiver from a diva perspective of look at me after I do a play on the field
1: now that 's cool the wide wide receiver in general those wide receivers
0: uh i think no i think uh <laughs> there is <laughs> there is a certain there's a certain mindset that receivers have that is just different than almost every every other position on the field okay and there is i i think i don 't think i mean nate 's my normal partner who sits in that seat over there started the NFL career as his NFL career as a wide receiver, in, in a playing tight end later on, but even he would admit that those rooms are, you know, prone okay. to have some diva kind of behavior there. Okay. So I don't think I'm, you know, creating some new controversy. Okay. This has long been talked about. Okay. Um, but that that mentality doesn't seem to be Russell doesn't look to be Russell Wilson's mentality. I can't think of one time on the field where he tr- tried to draw attention to himself on the field from a Joe Horn, uh, Chad Ochocinco kind of way. Okay. It's now it's this hype video. It's the brand building off the field. The fact that you married a singer superstar, um, obviously she's got a promotions part of her life. You decided to come out with your Russell Wilson brand and you got your logo and uh, the Nike shoes were a big part of the hype video. Um, wasn't necessarily a big fan of the song choice, and the particular lyrics that were playing during that hype video, I'm a hip-hop dude. I understand that, that you know, that word is you know, tossed around in hip-hop very, you know, openly and freely. But as far as attaching that to your brand and what you're trying to promote, I didn't think that was necessarily the best choice.
1: It's a little tone deaf.
0: Yeah, it was a, little, yeah it was a little tone deaf for sure. Um, so there's that. But also the fact that when you begin to draw attention to yourself, whether it's on the field, like in a Chad Ocho Cinco wide receiver diva Terrell Owens way, or you try to draw attention to yourself through your hype videos and the branding of you and who you are you begin to separate yourself from the rest of the team i'm just gonna
1: shoot straight with you i i'm I'm over it a little bit You're and
0: over it and over like like whatever you want to do fine or over like come on man that's too much
1: um I think I'm both yes whatever you want to do fine live your life go enjoy your money because It looks like he's enjoying his money quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And travel and and knock yourself out. Uh, Obviously, there's a little bit more attention placed upon you because of who you are, right? But I'm ready to start talking some football. As a football guy, as a football fan, as a a radio personality, I'm ready to start talking football because that's why you're here. That's why we're talking about you, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm ready to get to that part of it. So I could probably do with a little less of the – uh, centerfold or front page of the magazine, Russell. And now let me get to the uh, let's move the sticks on third down, Russell. I want to analyze that, and maybe that's not in Russell's control, right? Because he can't control what we're talking about. He just showed up to the to Wimbledon. That's it. That ain't that ain't his fault, right? But maybe we can begin to move on from a now that we're close, getting a little closer to camp. I'm ready to get to that part. Give me something to chew on.
0: I love the Biggie Smalls lyric. Real bad boys move in silence. Mm. I have said that many times, and I've applied it to many situations. I know that's me. Not everybody thinks like me, but from the 720 on the text line, I have to question anyone's motives who says they put in the work, to put in the work, but they have to make sure that you know that they put in the work. Yeah,
1: but that's the difference in kids Kids today. That's the difference in kids today. Right. So I can't can't necessarily question them. Now, and Joe Burrow said it before the Super Bowl. He said – Every time you do a workout, you don't have to put it on film, right? right? So there are some guys that get it still. Uh-huh. Um, but I just think that's that's a little difference from us old schoolers and the new schoolers. And and even if we don't like to believe it, Russell Wilson is still part of that new school crew. Now, I think we have a problem with it, too, because this is kind of new to Broncos country, right? Because we have typically had that. We've had star quarterbacks here, but we haven't had star, look at me, I'm socially conscious. Putting myself out front, guys, here. This is new.
0: Peyton Manning certainly had very few endorsement opportunities that he didn't jump onto and exploit. But it was all part of, hey, I'm goofy, fun Peyton Manning. He leaned into I'm it. Kind, I'm yeah. a kind of a silly kind of guy, and let's all have a laugh, and I'll, it'll be a little self deprecating at the same time, yeah. I'll kind of make fun of myself a little bit. It wasn't a pure look at me um, versus this branding of Russell Wilson. The brand is. Russell Wilson. Dangerous. And it's, yeah, it's, you know, let's ride and and, and all this stuff. And there's a certain, uh, you know, corniness that rolls with it as well that's a little see-through. And to your point, I think I want to talk about how'd you do on third and eight? What was your third down completion ratio like? And less about this stuff. Now, obviously, we will get to that as the season goes along. And Nate and I will be at training camp practices uh, as often as allowed there. Practice will we'll kind of start in the middle of our show, so we'll be there most days. That'll be a lot of fun to be able to get that close of a look at, at this team as the season begins to uh, to roll into uh, into actual reality. Um, but now we're, we're forced to talk about these things because this is what Russell Wilson is putting out there. Yeah. You're putting out hype videos. You've done this now multiple times this offseason, and um, you're the star of your video. And this is not, uh, you know, Garrett Bowles taking some cell phone clips with his you know of his workouts and kind of piece them together this is a nobody's tuning in for that this is a hollywood production with close-ups you know I, I i've been diving deep down the youtube wormhole of movie production of shot types and editing clips and i'm seeing all this at play in a hollywood produced russell wilson hype video um you know, again, I', I- speaks I-
1: to the intentionality of it. Yes. Right, there's somebody there with a camera in his face. We said, "Meet me over here at ten o'clock. We're going to be working out. Bring the gimbal, bring the drone, bring the you know, right, th- the everything that you've got that we can make a production out of." So there might be a little bit of. That, that that might give you the red behind a little bit, too. Right, because,
0: again, it's, it's, this is not Garrett Bowles and his workout video. This is not Jerry Judy, somebody taking a cell phone clip of him doing some footwork. This is a Hollywood production right. that is meant to glamorize you as the individual, um, not necessarily but I guess, the work you're putting in, but also you yourself and create you a bit of a pedestal for you to be up on. Is it meant to
1: glamorize, though, or is it meant to get the fan base excited about what they are cooking up over there at Dove Valley?
0: Uh, There there would be uh, other Bronco players if it was meant to show excitement about what (laughs) you're cooking up. If this is all about the Broncos and my excitement for the team this coming year, then there should be some team okay dudes in there a
1: little more of that. yeah
0: yeah and again uh you know old man moment i know we, we've we've beat this up that we beat this topic up to start the show but i thought that was uh i want to tie it into the conversation of you and coaching and kids today and how ultimately i know that this russell wilson, russell wilson video was not intended for me i know that because i'm not that guy mm. i just grew up in a different era and have a different idea of how how all this works uh kids today very different. Uh, when we come back, uh, this um, AFC West quarterback division uh, with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr, um, could this be the best quarterback division of all time? Mm.
1: We'll talk about that next. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan Presents Chad and Nate.
0: According to an ESPN poll taken by players, executives, and coaches um, that uh, listed all the NFL quarterbacks from best to worst, uh, within the AFC West, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson were all ranked in the top 10. Uh, Derek Carr just fell out of that. It was an honorable mention category. Uh, so the question is, is this AFC West version of, of quarterback rooms this year the best quarterback division in NFL history? <sighs>
1: Your experience has spanned over, what, three decades or so? Yeah. And I'm thinking back, even when we had had Steve Young and Brett Favre and all those guys in the NFL at the same time, it still wasn't within the same division. Um, I think recently when Drew Brees, Cam Newton, and Matt Ryan were in the same division.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That was a that was an okay division. Yeah, uh, um, but it but it ain't like this. It's not like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr. They might be right here.
0: Joe Montana was a Kansas City Chief. John Elway was a Denver Bronco. Was the were the Seahawks still in the division at the at the time? Seahawks was that were, before the split? Uh, yeah, that was before the Seahawks went to the NFC West. Okay. When they were still in the Not AFC that their
1: quarterback West. mattered, but I'm just asking the question. I'm just right. trying to remember who all was in the – might have been like Jay Schrader.
0: Yeah. Well, who was the Raiders quarterback at that time? Let's see, 1990. They, they, they had a carousel at the time. 1993, Raiders. Cause I Todd played, Marinovich, maybe. Because I played – my rookie year, I played the Chiefs in the playoffs. Joe Montana was the quarterback that year.
1: Okay. Yeah, the Raiders. Even are, still, even still, that's not going to put it in this stratosphere.
0: Two hall, two One guy considered the goat. Another guy considered the goat within this town, and a, a, most people's conversation at least a top five, or if not top three, quarterback. Because we're talking about guys where Patrick Mahomes definitely is on an all timer track. Justin Herbert is. You seem to be an all timer now. Show it to me. Russell Wilson will go into the Hall of Fame. Um, If he doesn't win another Lombardi, is he a first ballot automatic Hall of Famer? I think he's in the Hall of Fame, but I'm not sure if he's a truly first ballot slam dunk guy Mm -hmm. if he doesn't win another one. If he wins another one, then that solidifies the slam dunk. Um, But Joe Montana, until Tom Brady came along, was considered the greatest of all time. Yes, And John Elway, um, clearly a top five at the very least, but most likely a top three.
1: Yeah, but Joe wouldn't. Joe wasn't Joe still like and, what? I'm, and I'm a Joe Montana guy right that one Monday night game does it that was a a it's glimmer of what Joe was in San Francisco
0: he took the Chiefs to the championship
1: game yo who oh, beat the Steelers it was a uh, Barry Word was Barry Word the run, running
0: back at the time I'll uh, we'll go to back look. and look I have but to
1: look I, I just listen I, I I probably have a little bit of
0: by the uh, way uh, 1993 Raiders. Jeff Hostetler and Vince Evans. Vince Evans was thirty eight at the time. Vince Evans. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. Okay. So that doesn't put them in this conversation. No. Obviously. Um but yeah, I, I just for me, I like to remember Joe Montana as sixteen. I don't I I completely detach nineteen from the legacy of of Joe.
0: Marcus Allen was the running back. With the Chiefs.
1: which which would explain a, a whole lot, right
0: <laughs> Marcus Allen and Kimball Anders were the main uh, ball carriers oh year. man
1: there's a name for you, yeah, yeah,
0: okay, but so, still
1: that, that, I mean that's, that's they were both in the division at the same time, so it's worth having the argument
0: that's two yeah. I mean that's two Mount Rushmore quarterbacks yes, in this same division that yes. we're talking about right now where we're trying to see if this current crop of Mahomes Herbert, Wilson, and Carr deserves to be the
1: Best quarterback division in NFL history. Maybe the text line has some good suggestions because I, for one, I can't remember a division this stacked with quarterbacks. Um, maybe you want to talk about the NFC East win? Donovan McNabb and Manning were both in it at the same time. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Right? Who, who was for the Cowboys? Quincy Carter or somebody like that? There? Yeah, they weren't. Yeah. yeah, they weren't very weren't very good. Drew Henson at the time or something like that. But it's a uh, I just can't remember when all four teams had a dude that was a Hall of Famer or a borderline Hall of Famer in the division at the same time.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I think we got at least two. Um, Remains to be seen about Herbert. And Derek Carr can certainly uh, move into that category uh, with enough success. And obviously Josh McDaniels has done a tremendous job getting quarterbacks together. Uh, Text line, to your point, uh, 970 says uh, Dan Marino and Jim Kelly.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. That is a that is a great one, as a matter of fact.
0: Okay. Uh, Elway, Montana, and Rich Gannon. No, Rich Gannon was... Uh, Wasn't there at the same time. Rich Gannon was uh, like 2000s. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, they ain't very good.
0: No, okay. So, <laughs> I'm telling so, you. So, all right. So, uh, I guess that, you know, since the text line was very limited in their response there, I'll say that uh, this current crop of AAC West quarterbacks... um Wow. I, I think we are going to be uh, in for a treat this season as just football fans. If you're a fan of football, um, this division is going to be going to see some tremendous quarterback play. Um, we've already saw we've already seen GMs, number one, try to get some weapons for their quarterbacks. Uh, Devontae Adams out there in uh, Las Vegas. And we've also seen GMs go the other way with give me some pass rushers and give me some corners. So this division has, and the quarterbacks in division have shaped the roster creation, the draft moves, and the free agent moves of GMs with how we're going to either help or defend these amazing quarterbacks within this division.
1: I think the the second that you hit on was the defenders, right? Because I feel like really good quarterbacks can make marginal wide receivers into more than serviceable players. You remember David Gibbons? Yes. You do because you are a football guy. Yeah. Receiver with the Patriots. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. He was really good when he played with Tom Brady at the Patriots. So, um, they could, uh, you can get that kind of production out of a lot of guys when you have a quarterback that's exceptional. So, uh, I think the defenses is going to be the real story of the division because the defense that can hold teams to less than 21 points is going to be the one that I think is really going to be the front runner in the AFC West.
0: Ah uh-huh. so you think all these offenses roughly cancel each, each other, other out, out. and exactly. therefore and therefore it's going to be a this division is going to be won by the best defense, not by the best offense, because everyone's got a good offense.
1: well it's it, to me, you almost liken it to like arena ball, right? If you can get three stops. In a game, you know what I mean? Right. You you have a really good chance of winning the game because it's just, it's designed to score at a real high capacity like that. Mm -hmm. So I think this division is the exact same. It's designed to score, right? So if you can get some key stops, maybe a turnover a game, um, maybe a big play on special teams a game, right? That's going to be what tips your hand in your favor.
0: Interesting way of looking. At, yeah, yeah. Look at you flipping the script uh, the I'm, I'm other way. I'm just saying,
1: like the quarter. We we know what we're getting out the quarterbacks. We know who they are. Right.
0: They're dudes. Huh. I, I I'm I'm. You should appreciate this. Man. I'm, no, I'm told. I'm not pushing back. I'm okay. Completely, I'm completely digging it. I think it is fantastic. Uh, and according to uh, our own Andrew Mason here, a writer at uh, DenverFan.com, according to Football uh, Outsiders. DVOA metric, which I'm not sure how that all plays out, Mm. Uh, Denver hasn't ranked higher than 24th in special teams since Super Bowl 50. So, when we're talking about, if we're talking about teams that can score 28 plus points a game, your ability to get some field position, because the longer the offense has to drive, the easier it is for your defense to get a stop. So things like that will become far more important and elevated. Than they would be if we were just the only team in this division with a great quarterback. Yeah. If everyone's got a great quarterback and everyone's offense can score, then your ability for your special teams and your defense to manufacture those two or three additional stops is going to be huge in this division.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Just a different way of looking at it. But uh, No, you know, I, I think
0: with, you're on to something. Yeah. I think you actually are on to something. Just to continue with the conversation about uh, all time quarterback uh, divisions. Um, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, Drew Bledsoe. Okay, that's a that was pretty good.
1: Yeah, but Kelly and Marino were toward, coming down to the end of it. With, yeah. when Bledsoe was coming on.
0: Yep, uh, Brady, Breeze, and Matt Ryan in NFC South. Now Breeze was on his way out, not very good. Tom was still playing at very high level.
1: Yeah,
0: um, so that's you know pretty good.
1: Does being in their prime factor into this? Because if, if yes, uh, okay, all right.
0: Uh, I, I I think yeah. If you got a bunch of old broken down quarterbacks who once were great. Yeah, doesn't make you an all-time oh, division. Saying. Yeah, it, it's got to be you. Got to still have be at a high level I okay. think, to be a, a, a genuine part of this conversation.
1: Because we can throw names out, right? Yeah. What else? Uh, I, I think Kelly and Marino is a is a really really good one though. And uh, then you you could factor in,
0: yeah. So. Uh, what Cam Newton, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan? They were all MVPs. Yeah. So that's that was pretty a good stacked. One. That that's a pretty. That's hard to top. That is hard to top. Now, Cam Newton won't be Hall of Fame. Matt Ryan's borderline. Drew Brees is certainly first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep.
1: All went to the Super Bowl. Yeah.
0: So I, I suppose you know, as all these hypothetical sports uh, conversations go, in the words of Gary Kubiak, we're fixing to find out. <laughs> we're fixing to find out about this division. And to your point, we're, we're we're fixing to find out. Does this great quarterback play and all these great offenses essentially cancel themselves out? And they're all you know twenty eight point to thirty five point a game offenses. But it's really going to be down to that defense that can limit a score here or there over the course of a ball game. that's going to determine this division. Not necessarily the upper echelon quarterback play, but that defense that can just manufacture that one more stop than the other defenses in this division.
1: Defense wins championships now. And um, good offensive lines.
0: Yeah, I would think of if, if everybody having a conversation about the AFC West right now, I would think uh, defense wins championships would probably be the lowest on the football cliche rankings that they would pull out. But I think you just may be absolutely right. Ah. That's the funny part right there. Doesn't happen often. (laughs) Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, he has led the NFL in a category this offseason, and it's more than just hype videos. We'll talk about that next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.